Hey friends, Dave Hagen here. How you doing with your Christmas shopping? You haven't started it yet? Well, hold off. I got some ideas. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, thanks, Nick. Hey, everybody. The Financial Wellness Podcast is coming to you once again from Uncle Studios in Van Nuys, California. We're here with Brian Reed. Brian, welcome. How's it going? Good, good. You know, we're we're into the holiday season, and uh, it's an exciting time. A lot of pretty stuff around, and um, I'm looking forward to putting together my plan for for shopping um, this Christmas. So it's going good. It's going good. This uh, podcast is coming to you in the first week of December, and the thing that I want to ask uh, all of the listeners is, how you doing with that? Did you survive Black Friday? I mean, I did. I was in the mountains and I watched uh, all the stupidness on TV. I hope a lot of you stayed out of all that stuff because there's a lot of other opportunity to be had out there besides just uh, Black Friday. We've got, what, three weeks now till Christmas Day? How you doing? You going to make it? You know, we got the office party coming up. We got the kids' holiday concerts coming up. We got the friends' get-togethers coming up. We got to get out the Christmas cards. We got to do all this stuff. Man. I'm tired already. And then on top of all that, we got the Christmas shopping. Now I want to talk about Christmas shopping today. I want that's going to be the topic of the of the show here. But I want to talk about it from the perspective of financial wellness. You got anything to add to that, Brian? Nothing? Nothing? All right. Well, let's talk about some statistics then. Retailers make as much as one third of their income during the holiday season. This is especially true with companies like, um, or retailers like jewelry stores and stuff like that. A lot of places you see in the mall, a third, up to a third of their income during this three or four week period, the holiday season. Wow. And we spend, uh, or will spend four to 6% more this year. That's what the retailers are predicting. And internet sales are going to leap 15 to 20%. I mean, internet's going crazy less in the malls, 76% of the people who responded to this survey that I saw online said that free shipping on the internet was going to be one of the most important things about their purchases. 76% looking for free shipping. Hmm. Well, I've got some ideas on how to put together a good and successful financial wellness holiday, if you will. Um, of course, most of it is like have a plan, right? That's all that we talk about. Not all, but that's our one of our main themes here on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Have a plan. So what I want to do is put together 10 tips or give you 10 tips on how to put together a successful plan, how to have a um, happy and, and successful holiday shopping experience this season. So here we go. Number one, you got to determine the top amount that you're going to spend. 
How much are you going to spend? What's what's the cap? What's the, I don't want to say budget, because as soon as you're on a budget, it's like being on a diet, don't want to be on it, and you're looking for ways to get around it. What's your plan? What's your top amount? What's your, what's your cap, if you will? Now, most experts, most financial planning experts will say, you know, somewhere around 1% of your gross income. Well, I think that's a lot. You know, I ran into the statistic uh, uh, last year, and I found it really interesting because, you know, you never want to be cheap. And what's the right amount to spend? And I always thought about that, worried about that. I don't know, you know, but 1% total, okay. Some people have said 1.5% if you're going to include, you know, holiday travel and that kind of stuff. But if you're just looking at buying, most experts are saying around 1%. So take a look at your gross income, see what money you have sitting around, hopefully have some money sitting around, and put together, uh, you know, what your cap is. Second thing, number two, make a list of who, then what. So put together a list, you know, maybe an Excel spreadsheet, maybe just sketch it out on a piece of paper, who you want to get gifts for, and then start filling in what you're going to get them, what you think you might want to get them. Leave a space, leave a column for how much you actually spend so that you can track that as well. But start with a list of who, then what. Number three, remember, it's, it's the gift, not the amount. Again, you never want to feel cheap. I never wanted to feel cheap. But if a person thinks that a very thoughtful gift is cheap, I would say to you, well, maybe they're not a friend. You know, I'll give you an example. I was looking on the Internet for um, a nice fountain pen to give to somebody, and I found a really, really nice, heavyweight, beautiful-looking, gold-tip fountain pen coming out of China, being you know delivered from China, doesn't matter so much, but I had to prepare for or plan for the uh, delivery time. And it was like $9, $9. And I almost didn't buy it and, and give away some of these pens because I thought, wow, what, what if they know that it was like I only gave them a $9 gift? And you know what? It doesn't matter if it's cool, if it looks valuable. What does it matter what it costs as long as it's quality? So remember, it's the gift not the amount. You know, I've seen people running around the mall going, well, I need a $20 gift for Aunt Tilly. So what? Get something that Aunt Tilly would like. Our houses are full of stuff that people gave us that we put on shelves and just clutter stuff up. It's not the amount. It's the gift. Number four, plan and then spend. Makes sense, doesn't it? But how often do we not do that? If you're putting together your list of who, then what, then you can go on to this number four and plan, then spend. If you know what you're going to get them, then you can find the best place to get that. I mean, you will be surprised at what you can find out there on the internet. You could be surprised. You can shop. You can compare. Um, but plan, then spend. Don't go to the mall and walk up and down the mall going, well, I need I need something for Uncle Morty. Uh, you know, the socks with the reindeer, I guess. I guess. He might like that. He might not, too, right? But uh, plan, <laughs> then spend. Number five, do a lot of your legwork on the Internet. You know, I mean, um, you got to drive. You got to park. Some places you got to pay to park. You got to get snacks at the mall. You got to make the whole day out of it. You got to push and shove. This does not sound fun to me. This is not fun to me. No, don't do that. 
Look on the internet. Spend some time looking on the internet. It's remarkable what's out there. It's astounding what's out there. You're going to find stuff that you never knew about from places that you didn't even know that existed. So that so so completely fit the bill that you're going to look like this marvelous, thoughtful shopper. I'll give you an example. This was for a birthday gift. My dad is like uh, 90-something these days. And I did. what do you get a guy that's 90? He's got what he needs, certainly for the immediate future. And he's gotten gifts of all this stuff over the last 90 years. So what do you get him? So I'm thinking, I don't know. He likes Oreos. And I thought, well, I'd go to the store and get him a you know bag of Oreos. But that's, that's hardly thoughtful. That's hardly cool. So I'm looking on the Internet, Oreos. And I found this place that makes these Oreos that are like dipped in chocolate or dipped in these different things, different kinds of Oreos that are dipped in com- different kinds of things. So we got him a tower of three or four boxes of these custom-made Oreos and had it delivered to the house. Nice little card on front. And he loved it. But I would not know where to get that in the mall, in the store. In fact, I don't even think that kind of stuff is sold in the mall or the store, but I was able to find something really appropriate for a 90-year-old guy that likes Oreos online. Didn't even have to spend for gas, didn't even have to run around, didn't have to chase, didn't have to talk to a lot of people. I was able to shop online and cover a multitude of options and gifts, and I think found him something that was really appropriate that he really appreciated, frankly, on the internet. So number five is do your legwork on the internet. Number six, always look for free shipping. And remember we said that one of the statistics was so many people this year are looking for free shipping, 76% by the way, looking for free shipping as a must for part of their purchase. So look for free shipping because if you find a good deal and then you pay $10, $15 for shipping, guess what? It's not that good of a deal anymore. There's lots of places that'll ship for free if you buy two or three things. There's Amazon Prime, and I know that costs a hundred and something a year to be a member of Amazon Prime, but I love getting that free shipping on Amazon Prime. Look for opportunities where you're going to get free shipping. It'll help you shave your costs a little bit and help you get the right thing that you want. Number seven, use cash, then a debit card then credit card as a last result. Now, you always want to pay cash for stuff if you can help it. Remember, people, when they use credit cards, spend about 18% more than they would spend if they're paying cash. So if you can pay cash, great. If you're online, you can't do that, obviously. So use a debit card. If you have to, use a credit card. Not a big fan of credit cards, but if you have to, use it. But you know what you need to do? You then need to go back to your list where you were putting together who, and then what, and now you need to use that third column to show how much. Because you need to know roughly, not to the penny, roughly what you're spending all these things, what you're spending on all these things, so that you can make sure that you're going to stay under your ceiling in terms of what you're going to spend. Number eight, shop early. Mm, That makes sense. And as human beings, we procrastinate and put stuff off. But to the extent that you can shop early, You're going to get better deals. You're going to get better stock. You're going to have better choice. Um, And you're going to be able to allow for that free shipping. So do this early. Get this going. Shop early. Number nine, walk the malls for fun. 
don't walk the malls looking for something for Uncle Morty that, you know, you're desperate and you're going to spend a little more than you wanted to for something that he probably won't like. Walk the malls for fun. Take the time to go to the mall. If you got to pick something up, that's cool. I'm not saying don't go to the mall. I'm not saying don't buy at the mall. But think about walking the mall for fun. Enjoy the decorations. A lot of malls put some really beautiful stuff out. You walk by the, you know, the little Santa Claus house where they're taking pictures of kid. It's kind of cool, you know? It's kind of cool. Spend some time enjoying that, appreciating the decorations at the mall. Pick up a few things if you must, a few things you're going to have to pick up at the mall, but walk the malls for fun, not for work. Number 10, give gift cards as a last resort. Now, I know we're back to, you know, focusing on the money. Gifts, gift cards do that. They focus on the money because you get a gift card from someplace and the first thing you want to know is, well, well how much is it for? You know, in 2007, as a society, we spent $130 billion on these gift cards. And $1 billion was never used. So these generic cards, you know, like an Amex or a Visa or whatever, $50, anywhere you want, they have a tendency to get thrown in a drawer, forgotten about, and, and not used. So only use the gift cards as, as a last resort. It's too easy. Sometimes it's perceived as not thoughtful. And a lot of times it doesn't get used. My wife and I have a, um, a quest that we're doing right now. We're going around the house looking for all the places where we put gift cards. We're going to put them together in a pile and, and see what we can do to you know, make a deliberate effort to use them. It seems so wasteful just to let them sit around or then they get tossed out or they never get used. Um, too easy to do that. So only use a gift card as an absolute last resort. Heck, I'd almost rather get someone a, a Hickory Farms basket than a, you know, a, a gift card. Now, the exception is if there's some very specific store that you know a person likes, they might be a lot more likely to use the gift card at that particular store. Um, and that way, they'll be more inclined to use it. That might be a very valuable thing, like a, like a kid. If you want to get them a, um, you know, like a gift card from Toys R Us, that would be, oh, oh <laughs> Toys R Us. Oh, well, maybe not a Toys R Us card, maybe a card from somewhere else. But uh, if it's someone where you very specifically know where they're going, that might be a valuable thing for them. But otherwise, you know, my, my advice, my thought is try and, try and avoid that kind of a thing. So to kind of put a, you know, a, a button on this, a, a plan makes for a better holiday. I mean, the first thing you think of is, wow, it's going to take all the fun out of it if I'm putting together a spreadsheet of gifts. But a plan will make for a better holiday experience. Better gifts, better price, better timing, better experience for the entire month. So I think that it makes sense even though you're making a plan. The thing I really hate about the holidays is wandering the mall the day before Christmas looking for some last minute gift. So I'm wandering up and down the mall and go, wow, I, I really need something for my dad. Oh, look, that eraser that kind of looks like a car. He might like that. Oh, I'll, I'll get him the eraser that looks like a car. And then it sits on a shelf or gets thrown out or it's, you know, goes to a garage sale six, eight months later. I hate getting something that somebody might like so that I just have a gift. If I think about it ahead of time, it's more meaningful 
It's a lot more fun, makes for a better holiday. So let's sum up 10 tips for a successful financial wellness holiday. Number one, determine your top amount. Number two, make a list of who, then what? Number three, remember it's the gift, not the amount. Number four, plan, then spend. Number five, do your legwork on the internet. Number six, always look for free shipping. Number seven, use cash, then debit, then credit, maybe. Number eight, shop early. Number nine, walk the malls for fun. And number 10, use gift cards as a last resort. Hey, everyone, have a great holiday shopping season. Have a great holiday season. Stop, take time, enjoy the experience. This is Dave Hagen, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. As an additional bonus, each month, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right, we've got some audio emails. Let's listen to one of those. Uh, Brian, will you cue that first one up from Brad, I believe? Hi, David. This is Brad. I wanted to ask you, um, I am a waiter. Uh, I was a waiter, but I just uh, booked a television show. And with the contract, I have two ways that I can get paid. Um, I can get paid my guarantee, which is uh, two shows a week at $5,000 per show, which would be $10,000 a week. Or I could take the option of being paid however many shows I do that week. So if I do four shows that week, then I would be paid $20,000. Now, if I take my guarantee at the end of the year of all the shows that I did not get paid for, I would go in and get a check for at the end of the year. Um, so I guess my question is, can I live on $10,000 a week guarantee or what? Um, because I'm also thinking about, I can put that money into an account and uh, have it draw interest or invest it. What is your uh, opinion on that, sir? Oh man, Brad, this is such a California question to all the people across the country that are listening to this. This is such a California question. I love it. Thank you for the question. You know, out here, especially in Southern California, everybody's in the business. Everybody's, you know, moving on and up to the the next thing. In fact, um, you know, there's a, a nail polish company out here called OPI, and their their number one selling color, and they have interesting, funny names for their colors, but the number one selling color is, I'm not really a waitress red. Number one selling color of all time. Everybody, everybody, everybody is in the business. Now, a lot of you are thinking, Dave, how do you know about 
like women's nail polish. And I know maybe it, that sounds a little weird, but my wife helped run that company for a number of years and she used to bring me home stories like this. So that's how I know that. Um, the answer, Brad, to your question is, is the first part of your question is really easy. You know, take the money now. Always take the money now. You can always give it back. When I worked for an attorney as a young first-year associate, one of the first things that they taught me is always take the money. You can always, you can always give it back. But I think the bigger question, you know, uh, Brad, is can you live on 10000 a week in California? That's, you know, that might be a little bit of a challenge. I'm kidding, of course. 10000 a week is what, 43000 44000 whatever it is. Uh, a month. And that's a really fortunate place to find yourself. And that's just on the, you know, the guaranteed money. Take the money that you're getting or that you're getting paid, get paid for every show, set aside the tax, and then maybe just live on the the 10,000 a week or maybe less and save all of the rest of the money. I see so many people in the industry, they get their first big break. They, they've got the money coming in so much a show and they figure it'll go on forever. And for a few, it does. But for the vast majority of the people in the business, it stops or there's gaps and you got to be prepared for that. And if your lifestyle grows into that money and you have a big gap, now you got a problem that leads to financial problems. So take the money, set aside the taxes so you don't have a problem with that. Maybe live on the smallest amount, not smallest amount, but live on a smaller amount and save the rest. If your thought process is, I'm going to live on two shows and bank the rest, I mean, that's a good thing. You know, Jay Leno was host of The Tonight Show for all those years. And in interviews, he's told people that he and his wife never spent any of the money that he earned on The Tonight Show. And you're thinking, how can you not live on that money for all of those years. And the answer is he lived on what he made stand-up, doing stand-up during those years, and banked all the rest. And now he's got garages full of classic cars. He's got cable shows that he can do. He still does stand-up. He still goes to Vegas and around the country doing stand-up. One, I think, because he likes it and people like him. And two, because I'm sure he needs some spending money. But now he's got all that money from The Tonight Show, probably millions and millions of dollars, probably that much more because it's... If he's invested it at 7%, it's, it's tripled or doubled every seven years. So now it's, you know, doubled and doubled again. And the guy's sitting on a, a pile of money doing real well. So I thought that that was really forward thinking for Jay Leno. But maybe on a, a slightly smaller scale, you can do the same thing, Brad. What a great situation. What a great opportunity you found yourself in. Um, just make sure that you take advantage of it. Hold some of that back. Make sure you hold aside the money for the taxes. And um, what a great, great uh, Hollywood story. Thanks for the question, Brad. All right, so Brian, let's queue up, uh, let's queue up another one of these audio uh, uh, messages. Let's, uh, let's listen to the one from Simon. Can you queue that up? Hi, Dave. This is Simon. Um, I'm calling because I've been in this country since uh, 1961, and I retired in 2006, that's 12 years ago. I'm running out of things to do, so I want to know if you have any suggestion to keep me busy. Thank you. Well, Simon, you know, first of all, kudos to you. Um, it sounds like you're self-supporting in your retirement, and you uh, followed your you know, financial wellness plan so that when you retired, you could do 
whatever you want to do. So I think that that's phenomenal. I see a lot of people just sitting back uh, trying to live on Social Security in their retirement, and it's pretty tough. Social Security uh, shouldn't be considered and maybe never was considered a complete retirement plan, uh, and people have trouble living on that. So it sounds as though you've got some investments, that you're taking care of those investments, and uh, now after 12 years, you're getting um, a little bored. What can you do? You know, I mean, the really answer is you could do whatever you want. I mean, I think that that's phenomenal. Um, some people, you know, like to travel a lot. Some people like to read a lot. Some people like to go to the movies a lot. Um, they like to acquire things. They like to buy and sell things. I mean, you can almost do anything that, that you want. You've put yourself in such a good position. Um, you don't say whether you're married or single. I mean, if you're married, that's a that's a real nice quality position to be in. If you're single, of course, you, that's got an opportunity there too. But <laughs> I would suggest do something that's got some meaning to you. And, and meaning is different things to different people. But look for things that have some meaning, some way to maybe give back to the people that help you get to where you are today. Um, some people go back to where they worked and, and volunteer their time. And if the, their volunteer time is respected and appreciated, I think that that's a really great uh, uh, opportunity, something to do. Volunteer at you know, at a library or, um, you know, there are some places in L.A. like Tree People where they, they appreciate volunteers that come in and teach kids to take care of the environment and live within the environment and plant trees and compost and save water and all the kinds of things that we could do. So there's opportunities all over um, Los Angeles. I'm assuming you're from Los Angeles, Simon, um, to do. And, and really in any other town, there's opportunities as long as that they're respecting and appreciating your volunteer time. What an opportunity to take somebody uh, under your wing in the industry that you were in and, you know, give them some of the experience and, and value of your experience that you have to, to, to offer. So maybe something with, with meaning as long as you can still continue to do that. Because, you know, I think the older you get, the, the less you're um, able to do at least physically. And some of those opportunities won't be available anymore. But what a great time um, in your life to, to do really, you know, whatever you want. So many people just kind of go, well, you know, I'll wait to the next Dodger game or Laker game or whatever, and and not really think about pursuing some big picture or giving back or or like you, Simon, going, hey, what I've got this time. What can I do with it? What are some of the options? What can I do? What can I give back? And so good for you. But the answer is whatever you want. And my suggestion would be maybe something with meaning. Great question, Simon. Good luck. Well, that's all the time we have this week, everybody. Have a great holiday season. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, 
Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.